This is the Mindful Christians Podcast. I'm Caroline Vogel. This episode is Living Embodied Faith, asking God to both keep us outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls. As often happens with seasons of the liturgical year, I have a running conversation with the Holy Spirit and the scripture readings grouped together for this season. Parts of scripture that from each week weave together to tell a story of how this particular season is resonating in my soul, life, and the world about. This season of Lent, I keep thinking about the Holy Spirit leading Jesus up into the wilderness. I keep thinking about being born of the flesh and the Spirit. How these work in harmony together, while other times they feel fraught with tension as if flesh and spirit are working against each other. This week, I've been thinking about those angels from a couple weeks ago in the reading from the first Sunday in Lent. After the third temptation, Jesus says to the devil, away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and observe him only. Then the scripture reads, then the devil left him and suddenly angels came and waited on him. Those angels keep floating around in my mind and in my heart. I mean, 40 days and nights, repeated temptations by the devil, and then the angels suddenly appear and wait on Jesus? Really? What I find myself wondering about this week is that maybe those angels were there all along, and Jesus knew it. Maybe the angels were tending to him as he fasted, and even more so when he was tempted by the devil. Maybe, just maybe, the angels were there all along, reminding him that no matter how tired, hungry, or tempted, God's love prevailed, and the angels were there to keep him company and remind him he is never really alone. Matthew was telling the story from his human perspective, which prevented him from seeing the full story or fully appreciating Jesus's perspective and experience. Matthew tells the story in a way that I think very much reflects our human experience. When we're feeling tired, exhausted, run down, hungry, angry, or hangry, hungry and angry at the same time, lonely, we're more likely to get stressed by little and certainly big things. When we are stretched thin, we humans tend to have a more, re- more reactivity, not less. In our stress response, our view narrows. We become fi- focused, hypervigilant even, whether we're consciously aware of it or not. We're focused on staying alive, managing the situation, staying safe. In this state, with our narrowed perspective, we literally have a limited capacity to experience God's angels and assistance with us. We are fighting off temptations right and left and not always winning. Often our experience in the heat of the moment is to have no awareness of the presence of a loving God. None. There is no room for divine intervention, no reliance on angels. It is us in the world trying to make it through the next crisis. And it doesn't matter if the crisis is perceived or real. 
It's all real in our mind at that point, and therefore very much alive and real in our bodies. As Matthew puts it, I think it's only when we feel that the devil, the temptations in our life go away, when we refuel with food, sleep, healthy connection with people, and or allowing ourselves to be seen by someone that we love, that we can suddenly see the angels in our midst and how they're tending to us. Until we get a bit or a lot shored up, it's hard to access the angels, much less experience them tending to us. We have to surrender on some level, reopen our capacity to broaden our perspective. There has to be room to trust. And where when we are busy surviving, there is very little trust. Sometimes it's looking in the rearview mirror that we're suddenly able to see there were angels tending to us through the crisis. We couldn't see or appreciate them in the moment, but looking back with less stress in our bodies and running havoc in our mind, we have a wider perspective. Suddenly we can see they were there all along. There are all kinds of amazing stories of people experiencing the angels when they're sick or near death. So this is not to say we can only experience angels when we're happy and healthy and whole, looking in the rearview mirror or accessing the present moment. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's when we're so wrapped up in our stress response, trying to manage our crisis, that the fear it's created in our minds and bodies that do we tend to limit our capacity to experience God's angels tending to us. As a palliative care chaplain, I found that most people had spiritual experiences of God when there was some kind of surrender to reality. There was a letting go that opened people up to experiencing the holy and seeing angels in their midst, whether that angel was sitting by their bed, up high in the corner of their room, or appearing in the face of a nurse in the middle of the night. The clench, the contraction, the withdrawal, reactivity of being under stress tends to block us from accessing the help of a loving God and his angels. So I've been thinking this week about how this applies to our current state of affairs in this country and abroad regarding COVID-19. I'm experiencing my own and many, many people around me, not to mention the news, both near and far, experiencing fear about what's happening here in the States and worldwide. We seem to be living in a heightened state of fear and uncertainty as people get sick, the virus spreads, plans, meetings, trips are canceled, travel is prevented. Businesses and churches are closing for a time. Food is disappearing from the shelves and grocery stores. Life is not the same right now. There is a frenzy in the air. And it's not just some people are affected. We are all affected in some way, shape, or form. There is an interconnectedness that cannot be missed by this virus that is leveling the playing field. COVID-19 is an equal opportunity virus, leaving the very young, the elderly, and those with compromised immune systems with the greatest sense of vulnerability. It is the responsibility of all of us 
to ensure and protect ourselves, our neighbors, and especially those most vulnerable. In claiming that responsibility and protection, we are living our faith of loving our neighbors as ourselves. In this way, we truly are loving the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and strength. The collect for today, the third Sunday in Lent, could not be more apt for where we are in the world. We confess to God that God knows we are human and we have no power in ourselves and our humanity to ultimately help ourselves. We can wash our hands, we can use Perel, we can eat healthy foods, take our vitamins, get some exercise, and definitely try to sleep. We can socially isolate, we can help out neighbors, we can do so many things, and yet ultimately most of us cannot 100% prevent getting this virus. How does this not raise fear and uncertainty for people worldwide? We have to accept a certain amount of powerlessness if we are to move through this time of fear and uncertainty. The colic then says that we ask God to keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls. Talk about living embodied faith. Here we hear this theme from last week's gospel reading from Jesus and Nicodemus and Jesus saying we are born of water and spirit. We are indeed flesh, my friends, and we are born of the spirit and we are called to tend to both, tend to both as we move through this time. We need healthy food and plenty of water. We need to be mindful of how our decisions not only impact our bodies, but others' bodies too. And we must tend to our souls and the souls of others. In all our obsessive news monitoring, we need space and time away from the frenzy to connect with life-giving friends or family by phone, email, text, FaceTime, Zoom, time to dwell in scripture, prayer, and meditation, and in safe ways reach out to the neighbors we don't know as well, to tend in healthy ways to their bodies and their souls. I've seen people on Facebook offer to pick up groceries for the elderly and deliver it to their home. Another neighbor has offered to bring food to families whose children may not otherwise eat since schools are closing. No need to get overwhelmed with the idea of helping your neighbor. Pray about it. Ask God, what shall I do? Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you into whatever little part might you offer your neighbor in the spirit of sharing God's love and peace in this world. Our fears and uncertainties can be a wind of their own. And we are not called as Christians, as people of faith, to go where the wind of fear and uncertainty take us. It takes work. It takes intention to stay grounded, rooted, centered in a loving God, both receiving God's love and then allowing the Holy Spirit to extend God's love through us into the world to others. We continue to pray that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body. The colic says we will 
pray for this. We will pray that we will be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body. We pray that we will and all people, all creation may be defended from this virus and other bodily adversities. And this last part of the prayer is key too, so key. We pray that we will be defended from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Those evil thoughts can come from within or they can be when we share our evil thoughts with others or they share theirs with us. Sometimes we take quote unquote evil way out on the edge defining evil as very, very dark. And so we dismiss even entertaining how we may have evil thoughts. I believe that there are all kinds of garden variety evil thoughts we have and sometimes share with others that can be harmful in their own way. I'm starting to ask myself this Lenten season, what thoughts do I have that do not serve God? What thoughts do I entertain about myself and other people that work against a loving God dwelling within and moving about this world? What thoughts do I share with others that potentially block or work against their capacity to access a loving God? We all need close friends or family to vent and share with people who can share our darkest inner thoughts. It helps take the thunder out of evil thoughts to share them aloud with someone we trust. This is actually incredibly helpful. Sometimes I need someone to reason things out with me when I'm having dark thoughts. So I'm not advocating for never sharing our evil thoughts with anyone. On the contrary, I think it's helpful and restores us back to God at our center. We oftentimes cannot find our way home to a loving God at our core without help from trusted family or friends. And are there thoughts that I can let go of? that I've already reasoned out, and now the work is letting them go. The work is not entertaining them. The work is letting them go. And are there boundaries I need to draw with other people about what I share and what I don't? As we read about Jesus and the Samaritan woman today, once again, we are mindful of flesh and spirit, water for the physical body and living water that for the spirit in which Jesus says, the water that I give will become in you a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. (sighs) He says those who drink of the water he gives them will never be thirsty. It is my experience that receiving water for the flesh and water for the soul has something in common. Neither is a once and done gig. I no longer read Jesus saying, if you drink the living water, you're done, friend. You'll never be thirsty and need my water ever again. Rather, what I read is that I have to continuously stay open to receiving water from Jesus. It is in continuing to drink the water that Jesus gives that I will never thirst. As we drink and move through this strange time of fear and uncertainty, 
I pray that each of us will lean individually and as a community into living our faith in more embodied ways. We won't try and tough out the stress of this time, only experiencing isolation and fear, hunkering down with irritation and panic. That when these natural human emotions arise, we might notice they are present and take them to our loving God and pray. Almighty God, you know that we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves. Keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. We might reach out to a dear friend or family member and connect reminding ourselves that we are not alone. We might practice loving kindness for ourselves and for each other. In the darkness, we might more fully and deeply receive God's love anew to strengthen our capacity to endure hard, uncertain, and fearful times. And that we may also have the courage to reach out to our neighbor, whether known or unknown, and extend God's love into this crazy old world. Friends, may God's love and peace be with you this week, and may you be blessed by the presence of angels. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. You can find two meditations on Mindful Christians podcast, a five-minute loving-kindness meditation, as well as a 25-minute loving-kindness meditation. Be well.